Warning, this episode contains mature language, like shit and fuck. Mature themes, like people having sex and things getting stabbed. Whiny slime halves, moronic knights who stab themselves in the head. Parents involved in an interspecies relationship, ew. And heroic men named Dick. That's a nice, hard, long name. Uh, anyway, and, and the return of an old friend. Listener discretion is advised.
Episode 45. Scantily clad half-dragon seeks foppish, smooth, silky-haired singer named Dick. No slimes need apply. Hello, and welcome to the 45th episode of the Spirekin Manga Review. I'm your host, Zan, and with me, finally back, the return of one of our prodigal co-hosts. Da-da-da! It's Mason! Yes, some of you were wondering if I was just imagining Mason if she didn't appear, because she hasn't been on for at least ten episodes. But she exists, and she's here. So, how has married life been going for the last several months? Uh, pretty well. <laughs> I didn't expect to be interviewed on the spot. Well, you know, we're just doing a little quick catch-up with you. Well, we're currently recording in her new apartment that her and her husband have decorated. And it looks very nice. The color scheme is pretty good. That beige tone with the nice carpet, it actually fits very well. It's very earthy. <laughs> the white doors kind of stands out and just matches pretty earth well. Earth tones, man. The key is earth tones. Yes. You should use a sponge to get some of the, on the doors, though. That, oh. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know about that? Okay. Well, anyway. Anyway, so for those of you who don't know, because this is not an interior decorating show, this is the Spyrokin Manga Review. Spyrokin is the site that provides information interviews about manga. Pretty much every week, I'll, we'll review one or two mangas, depending on the situation or if I'm drunk, and give you some information about just what they're about and if they're worth reading. That way you don't go to the bookstore and say, hey, this manga looks really cool. I'm going to read it and spend $10 on it. And it come, you come home and it sucks. We do all the hard work, and if you don't agree with us, no problem. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com or zan.spirekin at gmail.com or the lovely and wonderful mason.spirekin at gmail.com, which has surprisingly 30 messages. Oh, really? <laughs> I haven't looked at them yet. I just know that it's filled. I looked once. It's like, you have 30 messages. I was like, damn. By the way, what kind of theories did people come up with when I disappeared? Um, bookies, alien abduction. Even though I told them that you were married, they thought that you were in some weird, loveless relationship where it was like a troll <laughs> grabbed you and you and ran off with you. I actually just came up with a good one. I'm one of your weird, multiple personalities. <laughs> oh, that would that would work pretty well if you yes, were. She went away for a while. <laughs> I can't bring her back. My psychotherapist says no. Yes, these met these nice blue pills. They keep her away. <laughs> no. But I do a damn good show. Yes. Well, you, you do a damn good show, and it's really good to have you back here. And um, for those of you who don't know, as with me, I'm doing just the usual working. I'm still being a guest host on the Fight Bay Anime Gaming Podcast, and I've written a couple of articles for the Anime 3000 Podcast. Are they coming out? I have no fucking clue, but we'll see what happens with that. So anyway, let's get on with the news for the week. So... Some of these news, I'll let you go with the first one. So, what do you think about this? No fair. Okay. I don't care about this one. Yeah, this. yeah, neither do I. The first one's kind of sucky because the new manga for Ace Attorney Phoenix Wright is coming out in Japan's Young Mag. Yes. <laughs> who cares about a guy who goes, Objection! Is that like GQ for Japan or something? Uh, it's like the manga for all the weird, sissy, prissy, conservative kids. Oh, GQ for nerds. Pretty much. Nice. And Phoenix Wright, for those who don't know, is a DS and uh, X and Nintendo game, which you pretty much play a lawyer and just say, Objection! I agree! And testimony! And blah. It's kind of... A lot of girls like it, which is weird. I don't know why. The manga... No, I, I can see the appeal. I know a lot... <laughs> no offense. I know a lot of weird anime chicks who go for things like that. Yeah. 
Well, the next one I'm actually really happy about. Now, for those you don't remember from the Valentine's Day episode, I reviewed a manga that was called Boys B, and that one was the second edition. They're making another edition of it, Boys B 2009, which is actually coming out end of the... What is this? Coming out about three months, and that's going to be pretty cool, because for those who don't know, Boys B is exploring teenage relationships from the perspective of the guys instead of it being the girl's point of view, and it gives you hints on if the guy's doing it right, if he's doing it wrong, what the fuck is wrong with him, and, you know, it's kind of cool. Alrighty. And this is the third edition, and the second season was released in America. The first was never released, because it kind of sucked. That's what the manga... Oh, kitty. Kitty, kitty. Quiet. No. I disagree. You don't like it? You disagree? Okay, Caster wants to have a part in the show. He has no problem having a part in the show. Yep. So he likes selling it. So, let's see what the next one is. Next one is that... Ooh, this one's nice. Now, for those who don't know, the every year they have what's called the Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards. Now, this is pretty much Will Eisner's the guy who made the spirit. He's an old comic artist. And what happened is that he's supposedly the greatest comic artist of all time, so they've created his award, which is the best graphic novel of all time for each year. And, of course, this year there's a bunch of manga which has been released for it. So what's on the list for that's been nominated? Uh, let's see. The one that you love, Cat-Eyed Boy. Uh, it's kind of creepy. Dororo by Tezuka, which is about... It's about a kid who's pretty much made who has no body parts. They're all cybernetic, and it takes place in 1730. That's kind of interesting. Ah, the ever-popular monster, which I reviewed a couple of episodes ago. Okay, so it's Naoki Urasawa? Yes. Okay. And that is about a guy who saves this mass serial killer. It's pretty cool. It's a couple episodes ago. Um, the Quest for the Missing Girl, which I've never heard of, and the last one is... Solanin? Solanin, huh. which looks like Mangwa. Hmm, I don't know what this is about. We mean Mangwa. Uh, Mangwa is, uh, oh, it's, no, it's English, it's Japanese, it's not Mangwa. Mangwa is, uh, is the Korean. Korean. Yeah, okay. Uh, I should have guessed. What do you want to do? It's about two people who live together, and they're getting ready for the real world. Oh. And one's Japanese, one's American. Oh, what's that other one that does that? Um, it's... There's another series like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I know, about? I know. Um, uh, and I hated it, but... Yeah, I remember there, It was very popular. Uh, you two girls on the cover. One's like this really slummy, like, smoking uh, cigarettes. Not legal drug. N- was no, it legal drug? Not, not legal drug. But it was the same... It was Tokyo Pop. Tokyo Pop released it. I remember. I remember. I just can't remember. If, you, if any of you remember this, send us an email so we know what it is. It would help a lot. Okay, the next one. Okay, now... In Super Jump magazine, they're releasing one of my fav- one of the one shots from one of my favorite series of all time, Kimagura Orange Road. Now, for those who don't know, it's a romantic comedy which involves psychic powers slightly. <laughs> Actually, that takes the background of the whole series, but they're releasing one of the sh- one shots eventually, April twenty second. And this series, Kimagura Orange Road, was only released by I think CPM, and there's a movie which came out for ADV Films, which. Surprisingly, they're going under. So, yeah, what's next? Okay, let's see. Woman arrested for threatening One Piece creator Oda. <laughs> Finally, someone did what I've been threatening to do for the last six months. Uh, let's see. 
Police have arrested a 27-year-old unemployed Tokyo woman named Tomoko Fuka. How do you pronounce it? Fukushiji. On Tuesday. Tuesday for allegedly sending threatening email messages to Oda, the creator of popular One Piece pirate manga. According to authorities, a woman's husband was dismissed as an assistant from Oda's office. Ha! Huh. So she reportedly sent about 100 messages that read, Die, die! In similar words to his mobile phone, from September to December of 2007. Oh, man. So she's going away for quite some time, I think, because she's threatening him. So that'd be, um, what is it? That's Harassment? Yeah, it'd be harassment. She's going to get a fine and probably mild imprisonment for that. Because you don't harass a guy like Oda. I mean, I want to because he, he writes story, which is way too fucking long. But... How, big, how, how big is he? Right now, um, One Piece is pretty damn big. They're up to sixty. That's right. They're, they're still playing that on Cartoon Network, aren't they? Nope. No. Uh, since you haven't been in the anime scene for, you've been out for a while. Cartoon Network's gotten rid of pretty much everything. Yeah, I've noticed that. I never watch it anymore. It's really, really fucking boring. No, they've gotten rid of everything, and they're putting live action stuff on Cartoon Network. Really. Six shows. Six like oh, that's right. I have seen. They're so stupid, though. They are making. Cartoon Network into MTV. It's really moronic. It is. They got rid of Toonami. They got rid of Adult. Well, Adult's still there, but they got rid of everything. The only thing which is on is Bleach still and Naruto at like 4 a.m. I used to watch Cartoon Network at least once a day, and now it does nothing. Hey, I watched two shows, no, four shows, and that's it. I watched a new show on MTV surprisingly called Bully Beating. You have a bully, you, you talk to MTV, they hire a guy to beat the shit out of your bully. That that That's brilliant. That works really well, because they get the guy to fight the bully, they psych up the bully, like, you're going to kick his ass, and the guy's a professional kickboxer, and he beats the shit out of the bully. Uh, yeah, okay. This doesn't help. It's just, that seems a little bit too sadistic for me. It does. That kind of humor, I just can't laugh at some stuff like that. Yeah, okay, well, next... Well, we'll leave this article for later, but the next one is, of course, a new Giant Robo series is coming out in June. For those who don't know, Giant Robo is the greatest of all Giant Robot series, and it's made my go guy. <laughs> I'm thinking of Rodriguez. Oh, yes. You know what's funny about that is that, you know, in the Chrono Cross, Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger, uh, mm-hmm. I just get two turned around. Gato is named Rodriguez in Japan. And then Bender's name is Rodriguez. Yes, Bender. He's made in Mexico. (laughs) Yes. Now, what about the senoritas, Bender? Let's go. Uh, Andale. So, finally, let's get to the last one is kind of weird. The Prime Minister of Japan. Sad. (laughs) Sad in a way. Yeah, he's pretty much saying that he's going to add 4 million jobs by 2020 uh, with... 500,000 coming from the so-called soft power jobs, which are anime, manga, and similar areas of culture. They're pretty much riding... Well, it's not a large percentage if you think about it. It's about one-eighth of the jobs coming from... Oh, the money is going to be coming from anime and manga, which is understandable because it's popular all over the world. Right, so they're riding the trend. They're riding the trend. And they're saying that this is going to save them. It might. I mean, the... Well, it okay. It might. It just uh, it makes me very sad. 
It does, and the thing is, with so many stores getting rid of manga and getting rid of a lot of an anime, like Best Buy, they're clearing out stuff, it's not really helping, especially with people who are scanlating and who are downloading online. I mean, I read scanlations, I don't lie, but I buy the stuff too. Oh, right. I mean, our, our Best Buy and our bookstore is tremendously cut down um, genres that we are all into. I mean, not just things like manga, but also fantasy sci-fi. Did you notice that Borders cut their sci-fi fantasy section in half? Yeah. I I walked in there the other day, and we were like, what what happened? It, this was bigger, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's scary. Um, but now it seems like comic books, just American comic books, are taking off a little bit more. Yeah, that's the graphic novels have grown a little bit. In... I don't know. It seemed like they cut sci-fi fantasy to expand on American comics, which is not something I'm really into that much. But well, people are buying Kindles and things like that, and they're not reading as much anymore. They're just going online and reading. I still like books. I like the feel. I like the texture. And it's not the same as reading. And when a we real get book. to our other, the other book, the the special book we're reviewing, we'll talk about the binding and whatnot. But it's going to be interesting how this all plays out, especially with what's going on. It's harder on the eyes, too. Mm, sometimes. Sometimes you get rid of it or you just do what I do and print out every single page and you run out of ink or have to buy more ink. Yeah, well, I don't think I'd really want a Kindle unless I was traveling. I might buy a Kindle from my fanfics because you can load the text files right on there. See, if I was on an airplane all the time, that thing would be tremendously handy. Very true. Mm. Uh, so, what is... so? From the last week, I spun the wheel of manga, mm-hmm. and I g- earned a pretty interesting manga. So what is it I'm going to be reviewing today? Today, you're reviewing Dragon Half, which is an established anime, and it's um, old school, right? Oh, it's majorly old school. came out in the late 80s, early 90s. That's what I thought. And you can tell from the animation style, too. Um, it's very similar to Bastard. Mm, a little bit. It's not all bastardy like with the rock and roll craziness. Well, no, no, no. Not like that. But um, the main character, Mink, reminds me a lot of the main female character in Bastard. She does. They're both redheads. Uh, they're both kind of shaped the same way, the way they're drawn. Even the breasts look the same. <laughs> yes, they're, and they're both scantily clad, which is true. Especially the first couple pages of the manga, which is in color, which is pretty cool. Because they do that a lot. In it. Right. And I'm sure everyone would love for me to go into a detailed comparison between uh, what's her name's breast and Mink's breast, but T- I, I won't go there. Tira and uh, Oh, yeah, but, Tira and Mink. But, uh, uh, so but you know, they actually, they actually are very comparable. They are. Actually. Don't ask me why that struck me today, because I was looking at it, and I was like, that's very interesting. Hmm. Yes, but Mink has the tail. Yes, Mink has the tail. And she also can lift up a building. Well, anyway, so, all right, this manga is created by Ryusuke Mita, and it was published by Kodakawa Shoten. It's, uh, it was released, like I said, 1988 in March to June 1994. There's seven volumes, and there's an OVA which was released by ADV Film. So, as you can guess, this is a scanlation again, folks. I don't think this is ever going to come out, but it would be pretty funny to come out. Now... What is Dragon Half, this adventure, comedy, action, fantasy? It's a play on pretty much D&D and a lot of just typical swords and sorcery cliches, I'd say. Yes, exactly the kind of thing that I enjoy. 
Yeah, because just the opening sequence of her just killing that whatever it is just is like, what? Yeah. What else was she doing? The thing where she's looking for the lake to find the bandit and she's already kicked his ass? Oh, yeah, that's what... She's like, where is the bandit? And he's like, I attacked you. We're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. What is this about? It's about Mink. Mink is the quintessential dragon half. She is... She is the product of a dragon and a... She is a product of the union between a dragon and a dragon slayer. Which is pretty funny because the first time you see them introduced is you see, you know, she the opening sequence is you see her using her superpower punch to kill this monster and she takes the the monster and pretty much brings it home to eat. Which is a common element throughout the series. Every time they beat a monster, except for the great Damamaru, they eat him. So, Yum. Well, she brings it home to eat, and she walks in the house, and what does she see? The father out with the sword. Stop yelling at me, you evil harridan beast! And I am the, the, what is it, the red lightning of... The red lightning of Siva. Yes, the red lightning of Siva, and the you see this giant red dragon breathing fire on her, and you see Mink saying, Mom, Dad, stop it! And they see her mom takes a form of a very pretty human. Right. Which is interesting, so dragon... And yeah, it's <laughs> and her dad is completely pathetic too. Yeah, Rouge the Red Lightning and um, Mana. So yeah, it's pretty funny. Like every time her mom gets mad, it turns into the dragon. <laughs> and the father's just like, "I'm better than this." And what else? So Mink is just a typically a typical girl. Of I don't know. I didn't get well, terribly she, far, but well, she's. she's She's super strong. Uh, she has a tail. She has these horny horns type things on her head. And she has head. wings and she can breathe fire. But she's... That's, but other that's, than she's, that... Yeah, she's, a t- she's a typical teenage girl, I think, with who loves celebrities. Well, one celebrity, anyway. 14, 15. Yeah. Yes. She's in love with the great and all, almighty singer, sword slayer, uh, pop idol guy, Dick, Dick Saucer. Saucer. Who, well, he's a pretty much a pretty boy, sings his own theme song, and is very gay looking. Now, his thing, though, is that he, he sings while he's slaying things. Apparently. And he releases albums. Yes, and since Mink lives in this very, very isolated town, when they get one of the albums, like, I got a Dick Sauce CD. Oh, can I see? Can I see? And this introduces her two best friends, Lufa and Pia. Now, Lufa is her best friend. She's an elf who has these healing abilities, and every time she tries to use magic, something horrific happens. Like, later on, she gets this black rod, which, well, they find it from killing this guy who they end up eating, and the black rod is supposed to shoot out lightning. So she sees a monster, I'm going to use lightning on you, and it ends up hitting Mink. She doesn't even realize it. Uh... And her parents' names, ironically, are Link and Zelda. <laughs> and then there's their little friend. Yep. Yep. And it's pretty interesting how she's just so couldn't resist. Oh, she's also has a huge sex drive. I forgot to say. Mink or Lufa. She keeps throwing herself at guys. There's a scene where there's this guy who he's he his girlfriend got kidnapped, and you see Lufa jumping at him, saying, "You want to go out and have like, ooh, whoa." So, 
Anyway, the the last one of their friends is this girl named Pia. Now, Pia is this little short girl. At first, I thought she was a little boy because she's wearing a full set of armor. Yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah, it turns out she's a girl, and, you know, she's just, just very tough little girl who later on she gets a guardian named Mappy who's like a little mouse that turns to a grizzly bear every time that Pia's attacked. <laughs> and ironically, Pia's mom and dad are named Mario and Peach. Yes, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor with this. A lot of it. Yeah, what was that name that her Vink's dad called Dick Saucer? Like, Big Sausage or something like that? Yeah, it was Vink Sausage. I was like, what? So bad, so bad. And then, of course, in any fantasy series, you have to have an obligatory bad guy. And in this case, you have the evil king... Siva. Siva. He's just known as the king. He's this ugly, bald man. Short and stupid. Typical bad, dumb minion guy. And he wants to kill Rouge. Rouge so he can get it on with mana. Which is kind of screwed up. And every- Weird, because he, the dad's considered a traitor for running off with mana. At the whole point of him... It, it just doesn't make any sense. It's one of those what the fuck moments. You're like, w- w- wait, you you sent him to kill her, but you want to marry her? What's wrong with you? You and know what? The picture of him, the way they draw him, reminds me of the um, obese guy in Seven. He does look like the obese guy in Seven, especially with the with this. He looks like actually he looks like um, a potato head almost. I see his head. Oh, ooh, 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 or a fat Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> Where's that thing on his head? Come on. Okay, I could, I could see it. I could see it because of the little dot. Just because he's not naked doesn't mean doesn't look like Doctor Manhattan. But I don't think he has that Doctor Manhattan physique under those robes. I think he's tubbly and short. No, probably not. Yes, and of course you have his daughter, who is the president of the Dick Saucer fan club and Mink's main rival for. Oh, that's right. Princess Vina. Now I remember this from the anime. Yep. Princess Vina is special because she's rich and mean and purple-haired and angry and uses magical spells. And she hates Mink because Mink actually, through an accident, ended up kissing Dick Saucer. And all this stuff happened. She wants to kill Mink because she wants Dick Saucer for herself. And there's a small problem with uh, Vina. She can get stabbed and nothing will happen to her. Because she's not human. Not really. What is she? I didn't get this part. She's a slime. Oh... (laughs) Her mom took the people potion, the Pika potion, to become human because she fell in love with the most handsome man in the world. Her father. The king, who looks Pretty much like, like a slime. Yep. yep, and so they have a baby, things go good, and when she gives birth, she's like, I hope she, she looks exactly like you. Then she sees she gave birth to a slime, and she dies. Goes up into the stars, and then, of course, Vina tries her best to learn magic to become human, so she has this spell which can make her human for, like, as long as she's not stressed out. <laughs> and so the whole story is just... Essentially, uh, Mink wants to get the people potion to turn human so she can be a dick saucer because King Silva hired Dick Saucer and a bunch of other people to kill Mink, saying she's an evil dragon that's going to kill the world. And then you have Vina trying to get Dick Saucer also and kill Mink. Oh my god. And then throw in later this evil giant apocalyptic monster that's going to take over the world and Mink is his and his arch nemesis. I'm sorry, the name Dick Saucer is still getting me every time it's said. I'm just like, Bleh. I know, I know. I was, I just am trying like, to concentrate past Sausage, it. Twitch. <laughs> I just kind of tone it out, especially with him singing his name. It's like, Ugh. 
Oh no. Uh, the, the series is pretty fucking random. It goes a lot of weird places, and like I said, a lot of it's formulaic. They find a monster, they kill the monster, and then after that, they, you know, they eat the monster. But there's a lot of stupid things. Like there's. I don't know. There are a lot of stupid good jokes. <laughs> oh yeah, like the evil magician who shows up and you see he has a fog machine next to him for no reason. It's like just for effect. <laughs> it's actually it's very entertaining, but it. I don't know. You could get bored easily with it. It doesn't seem to have like true lasting value, although it definitely has its moments. Definitely worth picking up. No, it is worth checking out. And I mean, my favorite character is the great Domamaru, who is this ultimate dumb muscle guy who brags about his non-existent greatness as a fighter. Like, the first time he fights Mink, he pulls this stone out of his head, which turns into a lightsaber, and he's fighting her, and then he trips and falls, and the sword goes in his skull. Ow. Then he comes back like the Terminator, like, three chapters later. You know, there's there's a lot of space in his head, so it missed his brain. I see. And he talks in the fourth person. Because he is the great Dom- Domamaru. The great Domamaru is undefeated. The great Domamaru is better than Dick Saucer. Uh, art style is old school, but it's it's it. it aged I like well. it. It aged well for a sci for a fantasy series. It aged well. I like it. It could be a little more detailed for me, though. It, it seems a little bit too um, simple. And there's a lot of SD in it. Mm. A lot of SD. So I would. Eh. With the writing style, it's very tongue-in-cheek, so I would say that this manga would definitely probably, most likely get a, well, what would you give it? Because I am leaning towards the the gift from your crazy aunt Muriel, because it's good, it's entertaining, but it gets gets bored very easily, and just the inability to get it in the States kind of lowers it down. I love the Mario humor, but... And the, the, all the little references you get, but it just kind of... I almost want to rate it higher just because the humor is just something you don't see anymore True. nowadays. It's, it's something that I value, that old D&D kind of humor. But it probably is about a, it's so you'd about say, three. So you'd say it would so it'd probably be between uh, Borrow from a Friend... And unless... Never Return It and Gift from Crazy... Borrow from your Crazy Aunt Muriel and Never Return It. That works. That works pretty well. Oh, the Holy Artifact. I forgot that. There's a Holy Grail that she's trying to get later on to kill the evil demon king. Okay. Maybe it is a Gift from your Crazy Aunt Muriel. Yeah, just a little bit. But the thing I will say that's very memorable about this series is the closing sequence of the anime. Because they actually take a Beethoven song, which is the Seventh Symphony, and turn it into an anime theme song. It's very catchy and odd. Hmm. Yeah, a little weird, but yeah, so I think... Yeah, so we covered this, and now, of course, our obligatory commercial for, of course, the ever-loving, ever-wonderful R5 Central. So... Here they are, guys. In the year 2007, the planet Earth was hit unaware by a bombardment of cosmic rays, rendering all life dull and boring. Dubbed the Aurora Mundane, scientists predicted that unless a way was found to stop it, the phenomenon would cause all life on Earth to literally die of boredom. It was then that the UN received a message from a mysterious entity calling himself Bakuk. He told the world the source of the Aurora Mundane, located some 800,000 light years away, deep in the sea of Popcultria, 
a deadly nebula, in which anybody who has journeyed has never come back to tell the tale. The concept was scoffed, knowing that an independent journey would end in failure. However, one group rose to the challenge. salvation lies in the brave men and women of otaku usa navigating through the sea of pop culture to bring you the best in anime gaming cosplay and much much more mankind only has one year left before the aurora mundane takes effect waste no time and do your part to help stave off the threat buy a copy of otaku usa magazine today www.otakuusamagazine.com good luck brave warriors of love definitely gotta listen to our five cents they're pretty cool they're a lot of fun to listen to and you know definitely download them they're worth checking out they do their homework and you know they're pretty informative not as informative as us but they're pretty informative and now on to our second manga well manga for this episode now as i've told you we got an email from a group called Five, First Second Publishing. And they said, hey, you want to review this manga for us? So they sent us the first and second volume of this series by Kim Dong-hwa. I probably mutilated that name, but... No, I think you did pretty well. But So we're going to be reviewing the first two over the next two episodes. So the first one is called The Color of Earth. And it's going to be released... The Actually was released the end of March, and the second one's coming out in June. Now, it's about $16. We got both for f- the first two for free. There's a third one called The Color of Heaven. It goes Color of Earth, which we're reading this week, Color of Water, which is next week, and The Color of Heaven. And, well, first off, let's go over the actual book itself, the design of it. What do you think? Well, it's definitely sized, and the way it's set up, it's worth the 16 bucks. Mm. I have to say. I mean, I like the way it has. It sort of has a book jacket, but doesn't, with the curled insides. I like that. Um, the uh, well, the art style. It reminds me actually of a wall scroll in a way. Yeah. Which is very interesting. It's not something that you see too often. Yeah. And you know the background drawings are actually quite detailed. It's quite a pleasure to look at. Yeah, and I love the fact that the paper, it looks almost like this was just bound, like it wasn't made in a bookstore. It was actually published by some guy actually putting it together. Because I like that it's not completely even and straight. It actually looks... Right, it has a a rustic kind of um, time-forgotten quality. And also, unlike some of the other books, it has that nice, old, deep, booky smell to it. (laughs) It does. Is that going to give it an extra point five? It'll give it a point zero zero five to okay. it. Okay, so what is The Color of Earth about? It's about... See, I know nothing about this part. Okay, it's about a girl named... And I'm sorry, this is Korean name, so I'm going to be butchering these horribly. So, it's about a character named Iwa, and it's about her growing up. The series is about her life. And the first one is about her pretty much just going from a little girl... And growing up to have her first love, and then from there it kind of just 
patters off until the next one, which is when things are going on. Because, well, let me get into what Iwa's deal is. Now, Iwa is a little girl that lives with her mother. Her father, you don't know what happened to him. I think he passed away or he ran off or something. And her mother owns an inn. And actually, the first pages, there's... An inn of ill repute? No, just a regular inn. And um, the thing which I thought was cool is that there's actually a um, quote from the author's mother, which makes me wonder if this actually is a story of his mother. Um, What's the quote say? Let's see. This one? Yep. My beloved has arrived, but rather than greeting him, all I can do is bite the corner of my apron with a blank expression... What an awkward woman am I. My heart has longed for him as hugely and openly as a full moon, but instead I narrow my eyes, and my glance to him is sharp and narrow as the crescent moon. But then I'm not the only one who behaves this way. My mother and my mother's mother were as silly and stumbling as I am when they were girls. Still, the love for my heart is overflowing, as bright and crimson as a heated metal in a blacksmith's forge. It seems like this is, like, it's from his mother, you know, it's a story of his mother and whatnot, I think. And it's just, that's the whole, because it's interesting, because Kim Dong-Hwang is a guy. Right. And it's from a female point of view, and it's it's scary how it's done. I mean, because the first scene is, you got, you know, well, when you first open it up, you have all the different titles, which is like Spring Rain, Spring Rain Part 2, Ground Lily. And it's, you see a little, you see two stag beetles. Well, they are being a little, uh, what is the word? What would be the word you'd use for that? <laughs> intimate? Yes, they're being intimate. And you got two guys, two apparently carpenters, because this is taking place in the 1800s. They're talking about, hey, what's going on over there? Golly gee. <laughs> Well, if this takes off, this looks like it could be the era of a new kind of manga. Well, this is an... Or manhua. It might be, but... Because it's, um... It's a period piece. It's almost biog- biographical, so... Well, and then there's the quote in the front, too. It, It's lyrical. It almost seems like... I don't know. It reminds me of the good earth. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but after a huge thing of it, this guy's telling this idiot about it, you know, about the whole thing about sex and whatnot. They make a comment about Iwa's mother, how the fact that she's single and owns the inn, that anyone could really do things with her, and they make comments about her, that she's a beetle also, which is pretty bad. Yeah, and depressing. Yeah, it is depressing. And she, she as a little girl, is kind of messed up, and then it goes to the next scene, which is two boys writing their names in the in the ground. And they make reference to their, uh, what the hell is their, the, the slang term, the go- gocha, which would mean a chili pepper, or in this case it's a reference to a, um, genitalia? yes, male genitalia, and they're saying, let's see your gocha, and she's like, and, she, and it's like, you probably don't have a gocha, and little girl being like, I have the biggest gocha of them all, <laughs> like, it's like, I want to see it, I'm not going to show you it. And then leads into her going home to her mother, blah, blah, blah. And her talking to her mom about why, you know, how come, am I weird because I don't have a gocha? And why are they calling you a beetle? And it's, 
it goes into that, and then just goes into her growing up slowly, and from there it gets kind of weird. Like, you have this guy shows up, an artist who shows up, and, well, he's hanging out with the mother, and he ends up, you know, he's just a traveling salesman who's selling art brushes, and he leaves one of his art brushes there. And over time, throughout the manga series, you see him leaving, there's more and more art brushes being left. Uh-huh. You can guess. Yeah, um... No, he's a nice guy. He's a father figure for her, and just her growing up. I can't say much more about this. I would love to say a lot more, but you have to read it. It's very serious. It is very serious. It's going through, and it's... Some of this stuff is very tongue is very... It's about a girl growing up. What can I say? I can't make it sound more interesting than that. (laughs) Some of it is very dry. Really dry. I mean, some of it's interesting, like when she first meets... The first person, boy, she falls in love with is a Buddhist monk. He's a young monk. Mm-hmm. And he falls in love with her. And what happens is, at one point, he um, they actually show him waking up late at night, and he's kind of worried. Something, you know, he's not... He has, for those who don't know, younger listeners, he has a nocturnal omission or a wet dream. And he's freaking out about because monks are not supposed to be lusting after someone, and one of his older people says... You should get this out of your system. Just find out, you know, because monks aren't supposed to do this. And he goes to see if he's in love with her. And this has been about four months after they saw each other last and turns out she's liking someone else. So it crushes his heart completely. So this is about love and loss. and It's like reading one of those really depressing biographies like Glass Castle. Pretty much. It's uh, Some of the stuff is very artistically done. Though. There's one thing. Uh, Alright. Now... I want you to watch and tell you what you think this is. Don't read, just look. It's page 173. This is her about, I'd say, 13, 14. I think that this scene is pretty artistically done. Hmm. You know what that is, right? Yeah. It's not drawn pervertedly. It's drawn very simplistically, and it actually kind of works. We're not going to tell you what it is, but it's... I think this is getting a little bit too NC-17. I don't... No, it's not her. Well, you know. <laughs> I like the reaction later. Quit is, while you're ahead. Yeah, quit while you're ahead. I just love the reaction later. <laughs> okay. Yep, I've had enough. Yep, so pretty much what can I say about this manga? I mean, from a, if you're straight up... If you like violence and drugs and sex and people getting beaten with hammers and people in political intrigue or giant robots, you're going to hate this manga manga. You are. If you need just a little bit of humor. You might like it. Yeah. If you like reading biographies or if you read anything from the Oprah Book Club. Then this might be for you. Yeah. So the first part is just her growing up. I think Oprah would actually put this on her book club if she actually read graphic novels. Actually, I think that someone should send this to Oprah. Oh, yeah. Should we be the ones to do it? I don't know. I don't know. That would be really funny, wouldn't it? Because I... And then you'd see it on her show one day and you're like, that was us! I would think so, but oh, my opinion of Oprah changed after the whole Obama thing. Oh, has she endorsed him? Yeah, that completely changed my view of Oprah completely. That whole, I ain't here to talk about no books. I was like, okay. 
I've just lost half my demographic now. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of glad just because John McCain is not in office. <laughs> uh, true, true. So anyway, check it out. I would give right now for The Color of Earth, which is out now by First Second Publishing, I would give this a Bart from a Friend just to read it and check it out if you're a girl. And if you're a guy, I would give it a probably... A two? Eh, yeah, you're, your local... The typical reading, reading material really from your local correctional <laughs> facility or yeah. psychiatric institute. Yes. So it's got a split... It'd be something you'd pick up here like, well, I'm pretty bored in here. I don't get to see the sunlight a lot, so... So I'm going to read the pretty picture about the little girl coming of age and reading about her first menzies and her first... <laughs> yes. Between... <laughs> Between um, recess and my next shower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read this. I was like, but I can't take it in with me because I might drop the soap. Yes. But if you want a gift for someone who, like if you have someone who is Mennonite or who doesn't like violence, doesn't like reading this stuff, this might be good. No. No, not with the sexual content in it. No, no, no. There's no... Well... Yes. Okay, there... Right. No. Don't give it to any of your Christian friends. There's too much... Too much sexuality that's just put out there. It's a fact of life, but the fact is, is that they don't really make much of an effort to hide it, even though it is artistic. I don't think anybody who is strictly Christian would exactly approve of it. Yeah. Maybe a more intellectual Christians, maybe. Yes, and definitely for art majors, because the art is beautiful. It's art is it's really well done. Now I just have this vision of, you know... Butch crying into his mashed potatoes while reading this during. <laughs> it's like, why are you crying? Shut the fuck up! I'm crying because he was sad. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy. Damn. So. so He's like, I need another corn muffin! <laughs> <laughs> oh god, just seeing him crying just. What what is that the the stereotypical just the, the is it, well because I don't imagine you can get ice cream on demand <laughs> oh yeah you can't no have... give me my corn friend <laughs> I need it <laughs> I need my milk no uh, so yeah so next week I'll go over a little more of color of water and give you a little more of her insights of her more interestingly and other interest horrible crap about her and her mother and sadness and. Slave tradings and things like that, which much more interesting. <laughs> Woohoo! Slave tradings. So, as usual, since you know, give you a little bit of information about us, you know, because you can check us out at spirekin.podbean.com or MySpace, myspace.com forward slash spirekin, or the Facebook page, um, Spirekin Manga Review Group. Uh, our current contest right now, we have, of course, our design and opening for the Spark and Manga Review, just do a warning. Our closing, which is, uh, well, really just set up an opening and closing for us. And the other one is design a promo for us, you know, because we need a promo. The last, our main promo is good, but we need another one. And, of course, if you read the information on the actual pages, I always put a random fact question of the week. Every time you answer it, you you have the opportunity of actually winning something. First couple have not been, but there's some interesting facts that you can learn about life. Like the first one, what are the what is the name of the little plastic things at the end of your sneaker laces? And the answer to that is aglets. 
and their purpose is very sinister indeed. Thank you, Ken, for answering that. And second question, which was last week's, is a very wonderful and fun one. It's what's the only mammal that can't jump? What do you think that is? (laughs) I can't. I already know the answer. You told me. Okay. Well, so the answer is an an elephant. Actually, I could could see that because elephants don't have knees. No, they do, don't they? They do have knees. But they just go... It'd be rather impractical for them to jump. If they could jump, they'd be the ultimate hunters in the world. Uh, so, well, because it's more... This seems like a more strange and emotion-filled episode, I think that... You will pick... You will read the question for the random question of the week for this one. Okay. So the random question of the week is... Where is the largest rhinestone in the world, weighing 59 pounds and almost a foot in diameter, housed? It's a good question. Where can that be found, people? Yes. You know, people are now right now going to be typing in, where can rhinestone be found? It's just a random question. There's several other random questions we could have asked. For example, when Diet Coke was originally created, which actually was not that long ago, surprisingly. And, you know, other things like that. But this one seems a little... Cats can hear ultrasound. Yeah. Didn't actually know that. I should keep the rest of these for another time. But, ah, well, I think that's about it for this episode. It's been it's been a really fun... No, wait, no. What am I doing? I'm forgetting. <laughs> the Wheel of Manga. Come on. Of course. That one, that only. The, the Wheel Yes. The tones of my walls are apparently rather distracting. Yes, they are. They're, <laughs> they're just, fascinating. They're fascinating, like a cat looking at a sunbeam. So yes, the Wheel of Banga, except no substitute. Pretty much the Wheel of Banga is the way we tell what we're going to review for the next episode of the Spire and Manga Review for episode number 46. And of course, I'm, we're going to spin the Wheel of Manga and see what the number, what I'm going to review for the next episode is. So, Mason, would you spin the Wheel of Manga? Sure, Wheel of Manga. Turn, turn, turn. Number four, and number four, surprisingly, is a surprise. Is it what? It is a surprise. Oh, a so, surprise. So for episode 46, stay tuned to see what I'm going to review for the next episode of the Spire Kinamanga Review. And I think that's about it for this episode. There's not much else we could really do. I don't think so. Nah, so we could bash on Japan's prime minister? No, he... <laughs> Not, no. He's just being typically Japanese. No, he's trying to save his country, which so many other countries are trying to do. Yeah. Cashier hmm. or Pollock, do you have anything to say? No. He's not going to talk right now. He's happy. Ah, he's in a good mood, so he's not going to talk, I guess. Oh, oh well. So, guess this is it for the Spark and Mong Review, episode 40. Five. Can you believe it? 45 episodes. It's almost been a year since we started this. Yeah, that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, I know. No, it's pretty good. And, oh, yes, before I forget, as usual on Saturday, we have the supplemental episode, which is going to have numbers 31 through, no, 30 through 21 of the top 50 anime openings, closings, and background musics of all time. Hmm. And will we hear from you again, Mason? I hope so. It all depends on travel coordination and such. And other. And other random factors. Well, not random, but 
We won't get into that. <laughs> yes, incoming factors for the future. Anyway, I guess that's it. So, for the Spirekin Manga Review... I'm your co-host, Mason. And I'm your host, Zan. Thank you for listening, and as usual, we're gone, though.